Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Who is Nick Vigil? Kyler Murray certainly knows, and now the two are teammates. Speaking of the Cardinals' starting quarterback, his backup, Colt McCoy, why he is, in his words, fired up about re-signing. First, though, another day, another trade. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 546, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. What do we always say, MJ? Things happen fast in the National Football League. And in the case of Wednesday, March 23rd, very fast. The latest, Tyreek Hill, reportedly on the trade block. Contract discussions on an extension had stalled between the wide receiver and the Kansas City Chiefs. And in a blink of an eye, like that, at least in real time, for the public consumption, Tyreek Hill now is a Miami Dolphin, according to reports. Fast and furious. It's never, you know, you wake up and you're figuring, all right, you know, maybe there's a second, third wave of free agency, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs don't want to pay Tyreek Hill, and I think the Jets were used because Drew Rosenhaus is his agent, and he lives in Florida. That's where he spends his offseason. No state tax there. So I never thought he was going to the Jets. No, and his first option was Miami, and the Dolphins ponied up, according to reports, five draft picks three this year a number one a number two and a number four and then two picks in 2023 on top of that poor Devonte adams who only had the title of highest paid wide receiver for what less than a week because again according to reports tyreek hill four-year extension was 72 plus million dollars guaranteed I don't want you to use the word poor Devontae <laughs> Adams, please. Very, it's yeah, hard for yeah, me yeah. To, to feel sorry for millionaires. It is. It's It's just It's just fascinating. And why, Bird Gang, <laughs> are we focused on Tyreek Hill? Well, there's a very good reason. Well, One, this is a football show, Craig. True, yes. But we like to connect the dots and yeah. kind of bring it local. How does it affect? Well, we don't have to worry about covering Tyreek Hill. Exactly. The Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> Not are us, on schedule. Not us, the team. <laughs> Hey, we, what we talked about just a couple of days ago on an earlier edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Hey, they just added Juju Smith-Schuster. What are the Cardinals going to do? What is any team going to do against the Kansas City offense? Well, you just draw that line right across Tyreek Hill's name, and now he's a Miami Dolphin who, by the way, their offense looks great. And Chase Edmonds, as I get my computer over to my left, MJ, is uh, tweeting up a storm because the brand-new Miami Dolphin, the former Cardinal running back, is uh, all smiles on Twitter. And uh, he got a response from his ex-teammate, Kyler Murray, responding to Chase Edmonds. And this is pretty good back and forth. Quote, you've been a Dolphin for 10 days. <laughs> so K1 throwing some shade on Chase Edmonds. You know, Ch- Chase is learning um- – what it's like to be a dolphin, and he's learning how to do fins up. <laughs> it's basically you put your 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 hand up above your uh, head, and so the guy's trying to show him. And uh, he, one of the things he really likes about Miami is the culture. He said, and he, he said by the end of the season he's going to be speaking bilingual. Okay, hey, it's good to have goals. So 
Chase Edmonds now with Raheem Mostert, now with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Devontae Parker, and oh yeah, they also have a pretty good tight end in Mike Kosicki. So that Miami Dolphins offense all of a sudden, Mike McDaniel walking into a very good situation, the first-year head coach, former 49ers offensive coordinator. The good news is, MJ, Dolphins are nowhere on the schedule in 2022. Right. Cardinals schedule. Now, the Cardinals will play the Patriots because that was the extra game last year was Cleveland. So, Correct. yes, maybe we'll see him sooner rather than later. If you look at Tua, he had Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs at wide receiver. So in nine games, he had 33 touchdowns, three interceptions, averaged 315 yards. Now the addition of Tyreek Hill in that offense with Jalen Waddell and all the guys you mentioned. And listen, they're going to run the football. And if you want to stack the line, they're going to throw it. And, you know, maybe two is, throws the ball more than any other quarterback between the numbers. But now he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field. I'm a little confused on why the Chiefs, what's their – benefits why do this from their standpoint because you just gave up and I, I use air quotes and gave up they got something in return but that's a dynamic weapon within that offense that made it lethal over the last couple of years and all of a sudden you're taking that away they still have Travis Kelsey I get it they still are very very good but let me tell you just, they didn't want to pay him Brett Veach knows everything that's going on in the division. Teams are mortgaging their futures. So some are zigging and zagging, and he's – and listen, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a backup plan. You know who the backup plan would be? The wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers. Oh, don't tell me that Marquez Valdez-Scanling is going to Kansas City. I hope not. I think he's going there. And you're talking about <laughs> seven to ten million a year. See that, and that's the other thing. This, what we've so learned. You, here you got Brett Veach. Again, he's ahead of the game here. They didn't want to pay him. They used the Jets, and they're going to bring in another receiver and pay only pay him seven to ten million a year. But if you're if you're Scantling, stay in Green Bay where you need a number one wide receiver. If the Packers aren't willing to pay number one wide receiver money, then that's a whole different discussion. Well, but. at the end of the day. Okay, maybe they're going to put Chris Jones on the trading block. Maybe they don't want to pay him. At the end of the day, they have Patrick Mahomes. That's true. And his contract is going to eat up a lot of that salary cap. But at the same time, the salary cap is going up too. So, And as we've learned here this offseason, if you want a player, you can figure out a way to get that player and their contracts under the salary cap for that particular season, and then you worry about next season – when you have to. Now, the cap's going to go up next year, but the following year it's going to go up. I mean, the cap could be $300 million. And it's, yeah, I can see that. Next year the TV, but the following year it could be 300 Now, next year it could be 225 And then after that it could be $400 million. The wide Teams are aware of this. The wide receiver market, and props to Christian Kirk, you want to say he set the market or reset the market with what he is making on an average yearly basis, props to Kirk. But number one wide receiver, yeah, you're going to get paid. But that number two wide receiver, that second playmaker, now you're talking 10, 12, 13 million for a number two wide receiver. I think that's where this market is headed. Much like we've seen the explosion in salaries for quarterbacks, 
Now it's wide receivers that are getting the money. Well, how about slot receivers? Christian Kirk's a slot receiver. He's gonna he's gonna make thirty six million the first two years. Slot receiver. And the Cardinals still, they need a number two wide receiver. And if you're general manager Steve Kime, you're looking at one who's left on the board as far as available free agents and then what it might cost. And if you're a free agent out there, you might wait a little longer just because as you see these dollar figures out there. and I, You're going to – now, at some point you say, all right, I just need to get into camp. I, I need to play. Give me whatever you got. But, you know, the, the market, the wide receiver market, it, it's – it's growing. It's it exponentially growing. Well, like you said, it's you know, a couple of weeks ago we get a signing, then you get Devontae Adams, and then you get Tyreek Hill today. So, and we know that it's a passing league. I mean, and you got guys that that have the ability to take off the top on the defense. Yeah. So, you know, I give Beach a lot of credit because it seems like he's changing gears to focus on the future, while the other AFC West teams are mortgaging their future. So. He's zigging when everyone else is zagging. Now, this Tyreek Hill trade came down very, very quick. Now, we thought the Matt Ryan trade came down fast, and we kind of touched on it in our most recent chat here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. That one went from rumor to report to reality in a matter of hours. And, again, bird gang, why do we care about Matt Ryan being dealt to the Colts. Well, we don't have to worry about Mount Ryan. The Cardinals are going to play at the Falcons this season, and now not Matt Ryan, but Marcus Mariota. And the talent, <laughs> the quarterback talent continues to shift from the NFC to the AFC. Matt Ryan now out of the picture with respect to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I'll take our chances against Marcus Mariota, which when you look at the numbers, it's really a one-year deal. Yeah, I heard that. It's I can't remember what the guarantee was, but they structured it. This is this is a bridge, stopcat, whatever it is. They the Falcons need to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position into the future. It's not Mariota, right? And I think there were only what two head coaches at Malik uh, Willis's workout yesterday. Mike, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin was one, and was and I can't remember who the other one was. Panthers? No. I don't know if Matt Rule was there or not, but I do know Tomlin was there because I saw pictures of him. So if you're the Falcons here, I mean, they they got some picks, right, from the trading Matt. So eventually they're going to have to check that box. And I don't know what the quarterback class looks like next year. I haven't looked that far ahead either. And you talk about quarterbacks and, you know, the revolving door, the carousel of rotating quarterbacks, and now you're left as far as what the Cardinals have on their schedule. The one team – actually, there are two teams. I'll take that back. And maybe even three. I, I, but I do want to focus on the Panthers because right now, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, I mean, is that – I know Carolina's interested – Apparently not interested in Baker Mayfield, who remains on the market. Seahawks, Drew Locke, Jacob Eason, those are the quarterbacks that they have on the roster. And they're going to re-sign Geno Smith, according to Pete Carroll. All right, so he says that he knows the system, so he can go in as a starter, and then they'll let Locke compete. Yeah, if I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, from a Cardinals perspective, fine. But from a no, Seattle Seahawks fan, that now if you're Seattle, you're looking in the draft to – get one of those quarterbacks this year well they're picking ninth right correct they have the uh 
Broncos pick, right? Yes. I, I would I would take a pass rusher or get a lineman. I mean, I, I, I would roll the dice. Yeah, you wonder because they that offensive line has never been great. So no matter who's back there, I mean, there's a lot of tackles out there, and then there's pass rushers. They can take the kid from Oregon. The the pass rusher. Oh, um, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, I mean, right there in their backyard, so to speak. But they need to they need a, either a pass rusher or a tackle at number nine, and and, and they got picks. That's true. Uh, so they can they can maneuver. You know, maybe the kid um, is it Matt Carroll. Matt Carroll. Yeah, I mean, there's other quarterbacks out there. Uh, Reader. Well, look, the Seahawks have number nine, and then they have two picks in the second round, including number forty, which they also got from the Broncos. So, so and that's where another quarterback, maybe a Reader. Okay, I could see maybe looking but, the but second I, round. But I, if I'm them, I got I got to build the line or get a you know a pass rusher because you know they brought in Clowney they've had, they brought in um uh, uh Lawson Carl Lawson and you know they they've kind of just brought in older guys to kind of go in there with Jared Reed who who actually was a good free agent out there he signed with the Packers I liked him um good defensive lineman so yeah it's a lot of moving parts well you look they also released Carlos Dunlap Carrie oh yeah, Heider, Carlos Dunlop. Sorry, uh, Benson Mayoa, all released. Those those are those are three defensive linemen right there. Yeah. that the Seahawks just flat out said, you know, we don't want you anymore. Yeah, so I I think they're waving. But again, if you can get one of those left tackles, you're set for. Now, Dwayne Brown wants to return, but he wants more money, and he's getting up there in age. So question mark still with Seattle. Potentially, as far as quarterback, but maybe you got to figure. Maybe for maybe for twenty twenty two, yeah, it's either going to be Geno Smith, if and when he resigns, and or Drew Locke. Yeah, I I think just based on not having Russell Wilson and Carroll maintains and Snyder maintains, this is not a reboot. It's just kind of a reload. Um, I think everyone's going to pick them to finish in fourth in the West. All right, so the other NFC West team with a little bit of a question mark at quarterback are the 49ers. Trey Lance is there. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo remains on the roster, and the number of teams looking for a quarterback, even for one year, that market is getting smaller and smaller. And don't forget, Baker Mayfield is out there as well. There is a sentiment that perhaps Garoppolo remains on the 49ers roster. They pay him, and he's either the starter or he's the veteran backup. You know, you talked about earlier you felt uh, poor Devontae Adams, and I was being tongue-in-cheek. I mean, you talk about snake bit. The fact that he had that surgery, and I think that scared teams off. Now, technically he's going to be ready for training camp, but you like to have him in there learning a brand-new offense in the off-season workouts, working with the receivers. You'd like to have that, but that's that's not the situation. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if he returns, and maybe they'll put packages in there uh, for Trey Lance, I mean, you know, maybe they'll let him play in the preseason to get Jimmy right. But in Baker Mayfield, if the, if they release him, which I don't know if they will or won't, there's some talk he could stay in the division. Go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a report out there that perhaps if released, because if he's released, then you don't assume that contract. 18-9. Yeah, and, but if you acquire him, now all of a sudden you're paying him plus giving up a draft pick. And at this point in the game, 
maybe you just call the bluff of the Cleveland Browns and say, all right, well, you've got two quarterbacks. Now, Deshaun Watson's salary for this year is such that you could pay Watson and Mayfield and still be under $20 million Correct. as far as base salary is concerned. So, yeah, that that's a fascinating part of this as far as what happens with Baker Mayfield. He's on the block. He wants out, but might he be released? The other note on the 49ers, by the way, and I forgot about this, MJ, but Nate Sudfeld is on the roster. He resigned, and reports have him receiving a fully guaranteed one-year, $2 million contract. So you've got Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now the question is, I mean, we all saw and heard the press conference at the end of the season for the 49ers. Garoppolo basically said his goodbyes, and it was a foregone conclusion. Then all of a sudden the shoulder surgery, now that kind of, you know, maybe made teams leery about acquiring Jimmy G. But um, there are two quarterbacks out there, Garoppolo and Mayfield, that are kind of in no man's land at the moment. Yeah, to me, uh, Sotfield just knows the system. I mean, 2.5 is, is not a lot of money if somebody goes down. And if Trey Lance starts, and he would be the backup. And now you're talking about not a ton of experience. You know, and we know that they had C.J. Beathard. Kyle Shanahan does a really good job with his quarterback. So, I mean, but they're going to have to make a decision. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Garoppolo does come back. At some point, things are going to slow down, Burgang, as far as the amount of roster movement, as far as trades are concerned. But I'll say this, and I read and I listen to Peter King, and he has never seen this type of roster movement with respect to trades of these Pro Bowl caliber players. It's the craziest offseason. Quarterbacks, wide yeah. receivers, Pass rushers. This is the craziest offense I've ever covered. It's not even close. And now all of a sudden you have to you literally have to kind of take a step back and all right, who do the Cardinals have? Who do the Packers have? And you just kind of go down the line to familiarize yourself because some of these trades, you know, you you, you forget about. Like Carson Wentz, say what you want about him, but that was still a huge deal at the time, playing now for Washington. But when you stack up the amounts of trades and names that have been traded, Carson Wentz might be at the bottom of that list. <laughs> I think when it's all said and done. And they might not be over with, by the way, too. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you could see teams are all going all in. They're, they're, they're sacrificing draft picks for the, for the known commodity. What this reminds me of is we always hear what is the hottest item or what what worked most recently? And everyone looks at the Los Angeles Rams. They won the Super Bowl. What did they do? Well, they went all in and figured out, we don't care about 23, 24, 25. We're just going to focus on 2021, and it worked. I think teams are kind of looking at that and saying, how do we become the Los Angeles Rams in 2022? Well, I think it's back-to-back -back years. Buccaneers and the Rams. What I was getting at – you know, Russell Wilson, obviously, is an upgrade. But that division is tough. I think when we look back at all these quarterback moves, I think Matt Ryan's going to be the best offseason move when it comes to changing teams and going to a really ready-made playoff team, great running game, good defense. The, 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 he, the Frank Wright's a really good coach. Uh, obviously, the owner was 
disappointed, and he, he wasn't going to hold back. So I think at the, when it's all said and done, now they're in another division that obviously is you got the Titans. Jaguars are still kind of trying to find their their um, their footing, if you will, footing, where yeah. they fit in. But all right, you look at you. I, I like your comment about Matt Ryan. All right, all you have to do is all right. Are the Colts better than the reigning division winners and the Titans? I would take Matt Ryan over Ryan Tannehill. I would too. And and I would probably take the running game from the Titans, but Jonathan Taylor's no he's no slouch. And all of a sudden you and go you got Michael Pittman. And you compare that to the AFC West where you have legit four teams that are kind of jockeying for position as opposed to just the Colts and the Titans. Now that's the AFC and then in the NFC we can keep talking about what the Cardinals need and what they have to do, but you just look at where they stack up within the division and within the conference. I made this comment on the Red Sea Report this week. Within the conference, they're the second-best team as we speak here in late March, only behind the Los Angeles Rams, in my opinion. Uh, in the division? Or the in, the, in the division. Okay, I thought you said Rams, conference. Cardinals. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, that's in the division. Now, within the conference, yes. that's a different story. Four, I was going to say fourth or fifth. Because then you've got the, the ones, Rams, the, the ones, Packers, yeah. uh, the Buccaneers, and then if you want to throw in the Dallas Cowboys in there, now all of a sudden it's okay. Who has the better quarterback? And I do believe Kyler Murray is a top five quarterback within the conference. Couldn't agree more. The only thing is, and we're going to be talking about this, Cardinals, just like the NFC West, have a very difficult schedule. I mean, I mean, we talked about playing the AFC West, but you also have the um, the, the Patriots coming in here. You have the Buccaneers coming in here. I mean, the schedule is 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 very difficult, very difficult. Nine games against playoff opponents, and that includes two games against the Rams and the 49ers. So seven teams, but nine games against teams that made the playoffs last year. Eight games against teams that finished with double-digit wins a year ago. And strength of schedule, I want to say the Rams or the 49ers are at the top. So based on the previous season team's records, the Cardinals had the second toughest schedule going into the season. Now, a lot of that changes based on quarterbacks' injuries on both sides, whether it's the Cardinals or another team. So the schedule is something we're really going to have to chew on this year because, you know, a couple years ago they feasted on the NFC East. They went 4-0 and they faced a lot of backup quarterbacks. This is going to be night and day. I mean, there's not going to be, um, you know, one of those games where you say, oh, I like to, you know, we look at matchups, but every game is going to be week-to-week proposition. I mean, there, there's no game where you go, oh, the Cardinals are going to go on a three-game winning streak. That's not going to happen. And then you get to that week and you're like, right, who's healthy? Who's not? When are you facing X team? Is that quarterback? Is that wide receiver? Is that star defender healthy? Or are they out for a period of time? So when you play these teams might factor in as well. But getting to 11 wins, and this might go for a lot of teams that won 11, 12, 13 games last year, based off what we've seen in the National Football League this offseason, you know, teams are going to be, you know, 10 wins, 9 wins, and all of a sudden it's, all right, tiebreakers. Now, how do you how do you determine the tiebreaker? Because some team in 2022, whether it's NFC or AFC, is going to be left out. A talented team is going to get left out, and and that's the reason why you you have 12 games in your conference now. There could be 13 based on you know the 17 game schedule. So 
that comes down to obviously you want to win your division. That's the goal because you're hosting a playoff game. But then it comes down to conference games, and then it comes to common opponents and strength of schedule. I mean, so clearly just try to win the division. But clearly the Rams are going to be the favorite when it comes to the national media, and rightfully so. It's Look, I'll say it again. We're at the end of March. We have six months to go before the regular season begins, and this league, the National Football League, dominating the day, days, weeks, months with respect to what is happening as far as players signing, players getting traded. It's Look, you're, everyone take a deep breath at some point this offseason, and then you kind of kind of reset what is going on within – your team, and then who you're playing as far as the opponents are concerned. All right, days until. Annual league meetings are in four days. We could see some rule changes. True. When it comes to the overtime. Off-season workouts start in 12 days. April 18th. NFL draft 37 days away. Preseason 134 <laughs> days away. Regular season 169 days away. It will be here before you know it. What you say yesterday, six months? Six months. It's a little less than six months. Just, let's not, you know. let's not rush it. No. <laughs> but wait, hey, all right, well, all right. We're preaching kind of patience, but it's it's hard to be patient. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll let everyone in, 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 uh, in on this because, Bird Gang, you're not the only fan base that is a little concerned right now about what the Cardinals look like on paper. I found this tweet amusing, if you will. Bob Condotta covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times. Tweets on Tuesday. Quote, with the free agent signing period now more than a week old, it's still hard to figure out what the Seahawks are doing at offensive tackle. End of tweet, and then there was a story attached to it. Cardinal fans, you can make the same question about the Cardinals with respect to edge rusher, maybe even cornerback, and certainly a number two wide receiver. Bottom line, you're not on an island. There are several teams, a handful of teams, if you will, that still have big questions at big positions that need to be addressed, and for my sake, preferably before the draft because you cannot answer these questions, in my opinion, as far as finding starters at edge rusher, cornerback, and wide receiver in the draft. Those are questions for me, MJ, that have to be answered prior to the Cardinals being on the clock at pick number 23. Okay, I want to go back to last year's wide receiver um, class because – I think, you know, I read a story today that Belichick w- was looking for a number one wide receiver to obviously help uh, Mac, jo- Mac Jones out. But he's he's leery about overspending, which I think every team is, including the Cardinals. So last year, Kenny oh, – first of all, 11 teams acquired free agent wide receivers on deals averaging at least $5 million per year last offseason. None of the 11 receivers signed on pace for 1,000 yards, despite adding um, a 17th game. A.J. Green had the most yards among them, 825. Kenny Galladay, he made $18 million a year. He caught 34 passes. Corey Davis made $12 million a year. He caught 34 passes. Chris Curtis Samuel, who was injured, he made 11.5. He caught six passes. Nelson Aguilar, $11 million, 36 passes. Will Fuller, he made 10.6, four catches. I mean, that's why teams are leery, but then – when you get a guy like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, um, you're going to have to give up picks. That's where it's at. And they have extensive resumes. And these guys were unrestricted free agents, the ones I just mentioned. And 
look, you we talked about the number of wide receivers that are still on the market. Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Jamison Crowder. Uh, I believe he's now off the market. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe I saw him resign with somebody, Emmanuel Sanders, Sammy Watkins. So there are guys out there, but at what cost and at what cost do they think they're worth, whether it's a one- or two-year deal, especially with a position of need with respect to the Cardinals? So I, I'm, I'm fascinating to know at the end. Like we all – I always say the the journey is more fun than the destination – but I'm getting to the point now where I, I want to know where this finishes, what this roster looks like, because right now there are enough holes in this roster that I'm, I've got big concerns about the Arizona Cardinals, even though I said they are still the second-best team in the division. Well, Buffalo signed uh, Jamison Crowder. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. And, yeah, then, that's and what then I thought. they also had Duke Johnson. I mean, Brandon Beam's going all in, all in, because they know that they got to deal with the AFC West. And they're going to the Ravens. The Ravens are bringing in a couple of pass rushers today. My guy is still out there, Arden Key, <laughs> former Forty ers I wonder what he's asking for. It's like at this point in time, but he's still out there. Only twenty six, too. I know, and he played for the Raiders, and he had six and a half sacks last year. I mean, obviously, he's not going to get the uh, the pub to you know, when it comes to their defense with Bosa and all that stuff. But you know, I I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm wondering. Come June 1st, the Cardinals are going to have a lot more money, correct? Where um, Phillips comes off? Well, it's just a June 1st designation. It's I think you're you, able to spread it out. So. But but right now you have to carry that on the contract. Correct. Then it goes away. Yes. So they they'll they should have some more money after June 1st. And there could be. I mean, I the mean, problem is the market's going to it's going to yeah. dry up. But then you have your draft, and then you could fill your holes. But I. I'll double check on that, but I do think some money could free up. And and one thing we also have to talk about, we always talk about Kyler Murray. I mean, if I'm the Cardinals, and Steve Kime mentioned this, or maybe it was Cliff at the Combine, I'm definitely extending Jalen Thompson, and I can do this during the season. Um, I know Byron Murphy was a second-round pick. I want to see more, but I could see he's part of the future. Zach Allen, I mean – these guys are going to be free agents next year. They've been in the league four years now. And we've seen in training camp those extensions, i.e. Buda Baker, come out around training camp when you kind of have a little bit of a moment to, all right, now we're looking ahead at our own guys, locking those young players up so they don't hit the market. Right, because, you know, somebody will pay Zach out. I would never let Jalen Thompson hit the market. I'm not putting a tag on him, but I'm not letting him hit in the market. So, and those guys, you can go to him and say, "Hey, listen, you're a starter. You like being here. We're going to pay you, and you give you give him market uh, the market rate. You're not like for a hometown discount. But then all of a sudden, when free agency comes up next year, you've already retained your guys that would have been unrestricted free agents. And at market value in say August September might be different than market rates in March. Right, because what we're seeing right now. Exactly, and it's again, it's it's head spinning stuff, and we're still in the month of March here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we do more Cardinals specific stuff here, including hearing from Colt McCoy, and also a new face, a second 
new face added to the mix in Nick Vigil. Want to let Cardinal fans know specifically in the, in the Lake Havasu area. Those Cardinal fans that listen to us here on Cardinals Cover 2, Marcus Golden is headed to your town on Friday. This coming Friday, March 25th, as part of the Cardinals caravan, visiting places around the state's as a way to say thank you, community engagement, fan engagement. Cardinals have done this a number of years, haven't been able to do it the past couple of off-seasons, but you can go to azcardinals.com slash caravans for more information. But Marcus Golden on Friday headed to Lake Havasu for meet and greet. And if you want to talk about players that bleed Cardinal red, Marcus Golden despite the fact that this is his second stint on the team. He's made no secret, MJ, about his love of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I can tell you that the first couple of guys, they're fan favorites. They love giving back to the community, and that will be Dennis Gardick and Marcus Golden, and we'll continue to let you know if they're coming to a proximity close to you. Another Cardinals player that is ecstatic, and that's not a word that I use a lot, but just his excitement in his voice and addressing the media earlier this week, Colt McCoy wanted to be back here in Arizona, likes being a part of the Arizona Cardinals, likes Cliff Kingsbury, likes the offense, his family likes Arizona. He used the word grateful, thankful, and then a couple of times added this, MJ, fired up to be back and what this team is headed towards as far as 2022 and signed for 2023. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we, we, I think if people have listened to the show, we know how valuable he is. And uh, he's very honest. Um, you know, he's, he's, he talks to Kyler. He doesn't have any concerns. Kyler is working out um, in Texas. He's working out. Uh, that's what he normally does. And hopefully he'll be here, so there's not going to be any issues there. But just another year in the system. Um, you know, he, he, him, he said he thinks like Cliff when it comes to the offense, and that can only help Kyler Murray in the future. But, um, you know, if, if need be, um, he's a guy that can come in and play in a pinch, and uh, I think he showed that last year. So I'm, I'm excited for him that he gets a two-year contract. Two and one as a starter. And you remember a year ago at this time, I was adamant that this team needed to bring in a veteran quarterback, a backup who had experience. I had a bunch of names no specific name atop that list, but this team needed a Colt McCoy or someone like Colt McCoy to come in and be that second voice, that extra voice next to Kyler Murray, and then also, if needed, and hopefully we don't see Colt McCoy ever again on the football field in a game, but if needed, two games, three games, four games, anything more than a month worth of action, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, you know, you've lost your starting quarterback. It might be start time to think about next season. But small sample size, and we got a small sample size from Colt McCoy last season. And I think it was imperative that he be brought back, whether that was now or you waited until, you know, later in April or at the end of the draft. But Colt McCoy needed to be back on this football team in 2022. Um, I know, Listen. Kyler Murray is is the franchise quarterback. You know he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. You can make make the case maybe he's in the top eight or ten. Um, but I think this offense can still hum with Colt McCoy if 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 Kyler gets hurt and he's out. Now again, it's more about the players around him. You know he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Now again, I'm not saying I want him in there. I'm just saying he can't. He doesn't make the same throws that Kyler Murray can make. He's not as dynamic as Kyler Murray. 
but the offense is predicated on um, air raid concepts, but winning at the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, you may not score uh, 30 points a game. You may not put up 400 yards, but I, I think he's capable of running this offense. I really do. Now, I, I don't want that to happen, but I, I to say that the season's over, yeah, you could say that any time a, a starting quarterback goes down, but we've seen teams recover when you got talent around them. The big difference between Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy is the off-schedule throws, off-schedule plays, Correct. what happens when the pocket breaks down. Kyler Murray can buy you time, make something happen. Colt McCoy, not that type of quarterback. More of a traditional in-the-pocket. If needed, though, you little sneaky quickness, elusive agility, but he is not going to be that guy that, i.e. against the Rams in Los Angeles on, what, third and 17 scrambles and runs for 18 yards to keep the drive going. That's right. not Colt McCoy. But he's also not going to be the guy that's going to be pressured in the end zone and throw a pick six. True. Field awareness, game awareness, Listen, because I, he's been in those situations before. I want Kyler before. to be the starting quarterback for all 17 weeks. But I'm saying if something happened, I feel comfortable because of the talent. Now, they got to get another receiver. Um, you know, obviously we, we talked about 12 personnel. We talked about the running game. So a lot of it's, it's a lot that goes into it. But obviously Kyler gives them the best chance to win. I want to make that very clear. Cole McCoy asked – a lot of different questions about Kyler Murray, but this I thought was that what stood out to me, Bird Gang, as far as Colt McCoy's assessments of Kyler Murray said Murray's quote arrow is pointing up. And then he added this I know how hard it was for me, my first three years in the NFL, to handle all the things that come with being a franchise quarterback and being in the NFL. And I think Kyler has handled it tremendously. End quote. Now, we can debate a little bit of that with what's happened in this offseason, but there is a lot on someone's shoulders when you are a franchise quarterback, regardless of when you are handed those keys. But sometimes we forget that Kyler Murray was handed those keys immediately after he was announced as the selection by Commissioner Roger Goodell. And it might, might have been a little bit too much for him. I mean, as far as not talent-wise, but everything else that comes with it. Yeah, I, I always use the uh, reference point or that as soon as he touched down at the tarmac and got off the plane, they handed the keys to the car from him and, uh, to the franchise. And, you know, he was on Michael's plane, and like I said, he didn't have the benefit of, of sitting. I mean, you drafted him first overall. Well, uh, Baker Mayfield didn't start from week one. Josh Allen didn't start from week one. Patrick Mahomes sat for the first 15 games. He got a chance to play in the last game with Alex Smith. So, it, and I don't, I, I don't think people put that in consideration. Where, yeah, they, they won five games and they won eight games and now they won 11 games. So it's, it, it can't be easy. And and I know he's human. and He loves football and he says he doesn't feel the pressure. How do you not wake up every day and go like, oh? I have to be the guy that I'm. 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 I'm like the engine here. You know, we got good tires and we got a nice car, but I'm the engine. I got to drive the steering wheel here. So, but that's that's what he signed up for. I mean, and he. I don't think the moment's too big for him. Yeah, but you could argue that perhaps it was in the playoffs. Yes. Because I don't know if he was 100% healthy, but after that second Rams game, they got into his head. There's it, no doubt in yeah. my mind. And you start looking back. He looked rattled. 
you look at the film and then all of a sudden you realize you're playing the Rams again in the playoffs on the road and maybe you start flashing back to that earlier meeting in which what was it the first snap all of a sudden Max Garcia is on his heels Aaron Donald's in Kyler Murray's face and basically the tone was set and I don't think Kyler Murray was able to get out of his own way at that point I think the Monday night game that's where it started I really do cannot discount the talent now it's being able to wrap your arms around that talent and be good consistent not only on the field but off the field because week four i mean they dominated the rams didn't they, they you could see they didn't even want to tackle anymore they were they pushed the reset we're going to move on to next week now when they come here they treat it like a playoff game i wish we i wish the cardinals would have done that because the cardinals knew they win that game they didn't clinch anything, but you basically put the Rams in the rearview mirror and you, for all intents and purposes, had that division wrapped up. Keep in mind, the month of November, the Rams were 0-3. So they were reeling a little bit. And they were that's able when, to overcome. That's when Stafford had eight interceptions. Still waiting for that Matthew Stafford interception in the playoffs that we talked about all week long. You know he's going to throw you a couple. Yeah, that didn't materialize. Well, maybe, I, maybe we used that too much. <laughs> That's more Jimmy Garoppolo. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of interceptions and Cardinals quarterbacks, if you want to know about Nick Vigil, maybe we need to ask Kyler Murray. <laughs> a subtle move by the Arizona Cardinals this week. Not a major move, not a splash move, but a depth move. Nick Vigil, 28-year-old inside linebacker, will be 29 when the season begins. Former third-round pick of the Bengals. Last season with the Vikings. 16 games, 12 starts, and in week two, had a pick six. Picked off Kyler Murray in the third quarter. Murray never saw him. Looking for Rondell Moore in the flat, and there was Nick Vigil taking it to the house for his first and only touchdown in the National Football League. And now, now Nick Vigil and Kyler Murray can reminisce on the practice field just behind you here, MJ. Yeah, he, he, he made a great play. Oh, it was a fantastic play. And, and yeah, I mean, considering, you know, we've seen Carlos Stansby and, you know, Jordan Hicks, it's, the ball's coming at you. and It's no, not easy. No. Looks easy, it's not easy. But, I mean, the, the way he had to torque his body and was able to get that ball. And I'll say this, I mean, he, he had some wheels going down the sidelines. Uh, he's 27, you mentioned yesterday on the rest. 28, he'll be 29 when the season okay, begins. Okay, 28, okay. So, it'll be 29. Um, nothing against Jordan Hicks, but he, he had some wheels there. So... You know, obviously, it's, it's all going to rely on, on Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, but you do need some depth. And there'll be times he'll get an opportunity, and I'm sure he's going to be a really good special teams player. Um, he's played in 82 games, 51 starts. Um, he was in Cincinnati two years ago. The Cardinals played the Bengals on the road. He had 13 tackles in that game against the Cardinals. So a productive player, but not a starter. Let me repeat that. He is not a starter. Put it this way. He best not be starting week one he was brought in to provide some veteran help at inside linebackers Avon Collins Isaiah Simmons are your two starters but now I do think at inside linebacker you're done and no more moves need to be made they got five there right now you got Vallejo Walker Ezekiel Turner who's back in the fold again more of a special teams player but there's enough depth at inside linebacker to where you should be okay going into this upcoming season barring you know, a series of injuries or anything like that. But Nick Vigil, just the second new face. Jeff Gladney, another former Minnesota Viking, and the other new face. So the Cardinals, again, has been very, very quiet when it comes to outside free agents. 
they've made it a priority as far as retaining their own unrestricted free agents. But Nick Vigil in the building and an Arizona Cardinal. Interesting that, and Darren Urban uh, mentioned this on his story up on azcardinals.com, Vigil is Hicks' replacement, and Hicks signed with the Vikings last week, replacing Vigil. So it's basically a swap of inside linebackers. Cardinals getting a little younger at the position, but what you lose in Hicks is that knowledge of what Vance Joseph wants to do. Well, I, I understand that, but Hicks was a starter. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I'll, he might be a starter in Minnesota too. No, I'm saying Hicks was a starter here. Oh, yes, yeah, just Darren's yes. saying that he's Hicks' replacement. Well, I think just maybe uh, as far uh, as depth chart, depth chart as far as where you, well, not even depth chart because your point is that Hicks was a starter, but not as a starter as far as being that veteran in that inside linebacker's room because I, you couldn't feel comfortable with just Vallejo, Walker, and Turner. You needed someone else who had some playing well, experience. I, well, I know they trust Vallejo more eyes. Zeke Turner really is more of a special teams player, and he's, he adds depth. Yeah. Now, Vigil, he'll play weak side linebacker. Zayn will be the Mike linebacker. Isaiah will be the Salmon nickel, and he can also be the weak side inside linebacker. So that's their role. Weak side for um, Vigil, Mike for Sam – for Zayvon, so that's how it's going to look. And you could see all three of them that's, on the that, field at that, the same time. That's where I was going. But now, and, and, and we say starting, and I've always maintained, you start the first snap of the ball game, and if you don't play the rest of the game, you're credited with starting. Snap counts. Pay attention to how often and when Collins is on the field versus Vigil versus Simmons because, you know, if he's on the field more talking about Nick Vigil, then that's, that's a concern when you've got two stud inside linebackers as far as skill set, and if they can't get on the football field, then now we've got another discussion next offseason. Yeah, so, but I, I think, you know, instead of Isaiah, and you had it correctly, pro football focus had him playing five different positions. I think based on what, what if you connect the dots, Isaiah would be Sam, Nickel, and then Nickel at weak side inside linebackers. So that's three positions versus five. And I believe – what, after his first year, they were training him at more than five positions. So we've seen that number of positions and maybe meetings that he's attending drop down. But, yeah, he's played a little inside, a little outside, some corner, free safety. And you might see some of that, but I hope not as much. I hope he's more near the line of scrimmage and showing his skill set as far as being able to run laterally north-south and you know get to the ball carrier and even rush the passer if needed. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I, I know they play two different positions, but is is he going to be – and we know Kennard has done a good job setting the edge, even though he did, did have a hand in that penny uh, run. It happens. I mean, again, ten guys are doing the right job, and obviously that didn't work out. But I wonder when you look at Kennard and, and, and Vigil, like what's their snap counts? Because both of those guys are backups at those positions. And yeah. they both play – well, I know they're going to have to play on teams. Yeah, you need depth – and that's first and foremost, but people don't like to talk a lot about the depth. It's all about the starters well, and, the, and the, the big names and the high-priced names. But right. this, is, this was a depth move, talking about Nick Vigil. No doubt. And I think it showed last year, you and I liked the roster going in. Obviously, when you're down to your third-string center or Sean Harlow and you're down to you know Max Garcia, I think, I think they got exposed a little bit when it came to depth. And that's what Steve wanted to do 
retain your own players. You know, they can go too deep at every single position. Now, obviously, you want another receiver. You don't want another corner. It wouldn't surprise me if they take a, get another back in here. Um, tight end is set. Um, obviously, lineman at pass rusher. But that was the idea uh, to, to go be able to go too deep at every single position. And Dogby, Dennis Gardak, um, uh, Jonathan Ward. Uh, you look at um. Uh, uh, what's this? Uh, Wesley's more of a four or five, so that was the idea. That's why they haven't been so active in free agency. They wanted to keep this group together, uh, but obviously you got to get better in certain positions. Edge rusher still for me is, Must. is is the big question mark exclamation point that needs to be addressed. And uh, who knows, Bird Gang? Maybe it does get addressed prior to the next time that we hear discuss things. But uh, good talk, MJ. I know there's a lot of more league wide, but hey. When it fits or concerns the Arizona Cardinals, don't have to worry about Tyreek Hill. Don't have to worry about Matt Ryan. So, you know what? Just all the talent go to the AFC. I'll be just fine with that. I'm with you. Now, I'm just looking at this. You ready for this? Teams without a first-round pick. Bears, Broncos, Browns, Dolphins, Colts, Raiders, 49ers, Rams. Wow, that list has grown because of the number of trades that those teams have Holy made. Holy smokes. Thank you, Tampa. <laughs> Thank you, Los Angeles. Who needs draft picks? Exactly. Cardinals have eight. We'll see what they do. And as we get closer to that draft and as we get into the month of April, we'll put uh, the hard hat on Mike Jarek and he can do some little uh, – do his top 50 prospect – count in as we did uh, a year ago at this time as we kind of focus a little bit more once we get closer to the month of April about what the Cardinals need to do with their eight picks in 2022. And it'll be uh, vastly improved from a standpoint of I didn't have the numbers like last year like when we talk about like wide receivers how many times they line up in the slot is he an inside guy an outside I can look at the size and say he's a slot guy and then when it comes to like you know, like uh, Josh Jones played left tackle. Sometimes guys can play right tackle, and then uh, sometimes you can slide in the guard. So it's good to know because um, the Iowa center, center he, he man, I, I talked to someone recently, and they said, I said, can he play guard? And he said, no, he's a center. Um, but we'll, we'll be able to get in a little more detail about just some of the and, – and we'll really focus on when we get to certain names, how, how the – affect the Cardinals and possibly be an option. Talking about Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, man. Out of Iowa, who is wowing a lot of people with his I'm starting ability. To, I thought, he, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, I, I thought maybe he'd get to 20, but now you're starting to see him, like, high teens. And, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson was a guard, but you get a center for the next 10 or 12 years, you're set. Look forward to the discussion on the drafts once we hit the month of April. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.